0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Just want to kick
2: back on Rap. Welcome into the Seminole Rap Podcast. Your host, Brian in here with the guys, Juan Montalvo, John Marchant. Guys, we took the bye week off and Florida State came out and uh, we avoided saying the double bye, but made it feel like one demolition of umass should have happened but and they and they did 59 to 3 final score you only really had to put the ball in the air 15 times 45 rushes you got tons of young guys in there i know we don't have to spend a ton of time on it when you ple- clearly face a inferior team but this is what you want to see from your team come out and be a team you're supposed to
1: yeah i think uh you, you really hit the nail on the head you It's, you know, you can't, you can't start winning games until, you know, winning big games until you start having games like this. Um, uh, I think John talked about, John, John mentioned it in the pre-show, but they hadn't blown a team out like this since Jimbo. Um, You know, Willie Taggart never, never had a 50 point win or, you know, even against terrible teams. I mean, I remember it was a 10 point win against Samford in his second game after the USF debacle. So uh, Mike Norvell had to pick up the pieces from that, and you know, year 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 zero now is what I'm considering it because last year was really year negative one with no spring and all the COVID and all that sort of stuff. Um, so uh, I think I think it was a sort of dominant performance that you really wanted to see because this that's what you needed to see. Um, you saw a team that. Against Notre Dame, the way the way it was put to me, and or I think the way I put it to somebody, I don't know if I stole it or if I said it, but <laughs> uh, against Notre Dame, the team figured out that they could play with anybody, and then against Jacksonville State, the team figured out they could lose to anybody. And hopefully, they've learned their lesson on you know that those losses weren't in vain, and you know the the that they will be able to continue it this week against Clemson.
0: Yeah. Um, and the, the thing for me, too, is it wasn't just, I like, like you touched on, they blew them out, 50 point win. Hadn't done that since, I think it was Delaware State in 2017, um, where Perry was kind of looking up some of the stats as the game was ending on Saturday. Uh, we're trying to figure out, you know, the last time, you know, FSU put up a 50 point win or uh, maybe like margin of victory, the last time FSU had scored 50 unanswered, which ended up being 59 unanswered. Um, you know we're yeah, getting in Delaware state or even idaho in, in 2013 kind of territory there so pretty it was sad. uh
1: that's not, that's a dive into there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was uh i mean it's fun um it's nice to do something like that for for a change but so yeah it was maybe the most complete win in my opinion in I don't know four, four or five years something like that um just just exactly what you wanted to see um you know like we talked last time progress isn't always linear but that was a lot of fun so uh yeah i have What more can you ask for really
2: yeah and I, I got this one from the uh the team's game notes florida state the first team in the 69 year history of the s of the acc nice to win its next three games after starting 0 and four and i mean they're they're a different team than they were three weeks ago i guess four weeks ago if you come the bye but i have
1: a heck of they're a playing of in the right direction yeah i have a they're definitely in the right direction of course um and we'll talk about the fact that Clemson's sort of going in the wrong direction in a minute but before we move on from that I mean it FSU really is going in the right direction um you know they're they're doing what you want them to do uh they're (laughs) winning games and blowing people out I mean they had a really good complete game overall against UNC then they came out after a bye week where they could have you know sat and played it you know not played well against a poor opponent and ran a vanilla scheme, which they, they largely did with a couple little things we'll talk about here, but um, they came out and they executed well. I mean, coming out of a bye week, that's what you want to see. That's what you didn't see sometimes with, you know, Jimbo Fisher to even. Um, so it's good to see that sort of thing. You know, that's the sort of organization that Mike Norvell has been talking about since day one. It's, it, it, it doesn't mean that Florida State's, you know, two years away from a national championship or anything crazy like that. But it's certainly the right direction.
0: Yeah, I I remember I had said I think as the game was ending about uh, you know if 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 Florida State hadn't lost to Jacksonville State you know they'd be four and three. I mean your your bowl eligibility is like right there already. You have you would have you know more wins than than last season, and you kind of brought up uh, Juan a great point that that maybe we don't get this kind of improvement or a game like UMass if they you know Jarvis Brownlee or had made the tackle against Jacksonville State at the end, or if they you know even. you know, taking care of business. So, you know, sometimes I think, I think you might be right after I thought about it. I think sometimes, you know, he might have to hit close to rock bottom, you know, so you can go all, all the way back up. Yeah. I
1: think a good example of that would be, and obviously we're not going to draw the same parallel, but the 2012 NC state game, you know, the the EJ e. manual senior year, they, they were, they were undefeated at that point. That, I don't remember. I think they were five and um, Went up there against Mike Glennon, ended up losing three fourth down conversions in a row 17 16 13 or 17 13.
0: Yeah, they're up 16 um, nothing at halftime and lost 17 16.
1: That's right. That's right. That was a brutal game, but I mean, I think I I I think a lot of the young kids on that roster, well, you know, which was made up of the 2012 class, those Darby, PJ, you know all those stars: Mario Edwards, Mark, uh, uh, Eddie Goldman. just Keep you can keep naming them from that <laughs> class. Um, but they they realized like, okay, you know, I think I don't know if you, they would have had the off season buy in that they did between 2012 and 2013 if it wasn't for a loss like that. Because you know they, they ended up dropping the game to Florida later in the year um, and having some coaching changes. But I think you know sometimes you know a loss can improve a program because it forces you to sort of look, look inside. um, Like, wait a minute, what are we doing? What's going What's, what's going wrong here? (laughs) And I think that that's what sort of what Jacksonville state, I mean, possibly worst loss in program history, more than likely is. Um, So to go from that to, you know, doing what you're supposed to do against uh, an FCS team, and, yes, I know they're FBS, but I'm just going to call Walt Bell's team an FCS team for the sake of conversation. <laughs> uh, that's what you want to see. And it also, it just was really nice to beat the crap out of Walt Bell.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Really enjoyed that one.
1: Yeah. Even though him getting Sam Howell might have prolonged uh, to FSU, um might have prolonged Willie Taggart's tenure, and we might be having very different conversations at this point. Uh, it's, uh, it's probably a good thing that it didn't work out that way <laughs> long-term.
2: Yeah. Well, I know when we talked about Jacksonville state and, and, and that types of things we were before the game saying we wanted to see trouble get in the game, got in this week, anything there on him getting in and Milton not, does that, does that just, I mean, maybe it's just like we talked about before, limiting reps, but do you guys read in anything there?
0: Uh, for me, I mean, I think he's well five for five for 98 yards and two touchdowns. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to read too much into it, but he did look much improved over last season, in my opinion, uh, much cleaner, seemed to have a much better, uh, understanding and command of the offense executed it really well. I thought, um, his, I don't know, maybe he was an accuracy. I thought was better. It's just, I don't know. It just looked like a lot cleaner quarterback play from him than what we saw last year. It's kind of, uh, you know, what you typically see from backups, it was a little rough. But I don't know. I don't know. Again, it's UMass, but uh, I was very encouraged. I kind of I do agree with some other people's thoughts. I think that going into next season, it should be an open quarterback competition in camp. I will see you know, how that shakes out. Maybe Travis wins it easily again. But uh, I think I saw enough for hopefully I know it's a pretty tough slate going forward to the end of the year. You never know, though. Maybe maybe pretty comes in. But it, it was kind of nice to see that maybe even if uh, Jordan Travis um you know it's tough for him to stay healthy for the whole season you know every game going on like the way that he runs the ball uh but if Purdy can step in maybe you know it won't be as bad as we maybe have stopped prior to UMass
1: yeah I mean I think you hit the nail on the head it could be the sort of two-headed quarterback dragon that we were hoping for at the beginning of the year when we had Milton um you know and for next year and moving forward I mean to me it was Purdy looked more like a a, a young college quarterback rather than a true freshman, you know what I mean? A true freshman fall enrollee who had injury issues. So, um, you know, I mean, Ch- Chuba came in last year, very, very well heralded, uh, didn't look great in the limited time he had, you know, when he wasn't injured and Tate Rodemaker looked even worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the way Jordan Travis, uh, you know, has has his injury history, you almost have to have a somewhat open competition just because those reps are critical for whoever is the backup to to get there. Mm-hmm. You don't want to take those reps away from Jordan, but at the same time, you have to expect that a quarterback who has you know almost as many run attempts as pass attempts is gonna, not quite, but uh, he's gonna end up you know getting dinged up. I mean, he's he's an integral part of the offense when he's healthy. Um, Well, like we talked about during the year, you know, you never expect uh, or before the year, you never expect Jordan Travis to be 100 percent healthy. One thing that that John brought up and I thought was really interesting, and this really leads us from the UMass game into the Clemson game, is they showed a little bit of a different um, formation, a a, a little bit of formational differences in this game than they have during the year. Um, John, you want to sort of introduce that part of it?
0: yeah i thought it was weird during the game um and we were talking right before we started recording that uh it looked like a double h back a two two guys back there kind of tucked in behind the offensive tackles we were talking about a little bit before i think you're right it, it was more of like a, a flex bone thing but you know as i write about the the you know every week we have a game i've been writing about it for Tom nation uh every week they seem to be doing something different the staff does something different They add something in that they, they didn't have before um and so they, they did the same thing. So there's a lot more for a team like Clemson. Now we're getting to the back half where it's you know, going to be a little bit more difficult, a lot more for those teams to prepare for when they face Florida State. Uh, it could be a much more varied rushing attack from a lot of different formations, pulling guys, you know, guards and tackles, um, you know, running counters off those plays and things like that. So um, again, hopefully it makes uh, Florida State a, uh, it just i don't know becoming a more comprehensive team with a you know a rushing attack and everything like that's a little bit getting a little closer every week to kind of some of the offenses we saw at Memphis at Norvell ran they ran pretty much everything um any concept you could think of um uh, but uh so yeah that that's really exciting to see i love when he does stuff like that um so i think that's something to keep keep in mind i, I don't think you just show that right before clemson if you're not maybe going to do something with that or, or whatever, maybe, you know, uh, throw some play action or something out of it. So what do you, what did you think Juan? Yeah.
1: I mean, it was, it was uh, it, the, like you talked about, there were two H backs that were just sort of like 45 degrees off the shoulders of the, of the, of either offensive tackle. And so what that really gives you is it gives you angles that are a little bit more difficult to play against. than, for example, if you had a two running back set up from shotgun, so, you know, uh, well, we, we've sort of called it like the flex bone shotgun or flex bone pistol type setup. Um, you're not, you're not going to obviously run it like a Paul Johnson flex bone where those wing players, the, the A backs in that offense would be running the ball through veer all the time as well. You're really using them more for blocking and different angles that they can come in. Um, and for a counter, they're going to, they can pull or, mm-hmm. you know, for, for inside zone, they co- they go and seal. Although, during this game, we really saw primarily power and counter, uh, and you often saw those guys act as lead blockers. Um, you know, we saw some, some quarterback power that was run out of those formations, but as well as, you know, the just traditional running back counter uh, RPO, or, you know, RPO that had power and those sort of things. So um, basically just adding a new wrinkle to the offense that clearly they, they wanted to show before the Clemson game. Who knows if they actually end up doing it quite as much as they did here. Uh, Maybe they decided they wanted to get those guys some reps and, and uh, you know, put some, some interesting stuff on film for Clemson to, to mess with. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think they, they, the, the real utility of it is the different balking angles it can give you. You're not going to be running Veer with, uh, with Cameron McDonald, obviously he's not that type of ball carrier, but it gives you a lot of options and, and just lets you do things differently than it, does, than it does out of like a two 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 running back-based, uh, one tight end type set.
0: Right. Well, Florida State's been running like 200, 250 yards rushing a game. Every every game so far this year, pretty much close to that. So, um, I don't, Brian, I don't know if you have any numbers on FSU's rushing attacker. I can't remember a lot of them. I think some of them have been pretty good.
2: Uh, that from their game notes, I've got Seminoles have rushed for at least 200 yards in six of their first seven games this season, and are one of eight teams with six 200-yard rushing games this year.
1: That's wild. Yeah, they can run the ball. I mean, they are probably if there's one team on the schedule that may run the ball better, it might be Florida, and that's it. Um, it's yeah. not Clemson. Um, you know, that, and I wouldn't have <laughs> expected to say that before this season. Although we did, we did sort of expect. Um, uh, the that Clemson was going to be a little bit weaker across the offensive line, but not
2: obviously to this level that uh, they are now. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and heading towards Clemson, obviously Florida State's going to open here as a 10-point or has opened as a 10-point underdog against Clemson here on the road, over under 46 and a 46-and-a-half if you're into that sort of thing. So we're not expecting a ton of points. We were joking before we got on here that can either team even score 10 points with these offenses. Uh, last week we saw Clemson lose against Pitt and uh, I want if I'm okay stealing this one DJ ukulele uh, I just call him DJ ukulele that's it we will go with that <laughs> he, he he got benched there for a minute he ended up coming back into the game but this Clemson team is as you said we, we expected some regression Um but this much is is a bit overwhelming. The defense on paper, I guess, looking at big picture, says as consistent as you would expect. I think in scoring defense they're in the top three. If I have that correct up there with Georgia and Michigan, yeah, number three tied with the Iowa. So the defense on paper, as an as overall, still plays, but this offense is dreadful. They're very well near the bottom, and I'd I know they just benched him last week. I don't expect anyone but DJ to take the first snap. I think this probably goes closer to what maybe Auburn did a few weeks ago when they benched Bo Nix and had him start the next week after not playing. But this Clemson team is a bit of a disaster at this point. I know they said on Friday or Saturday after the game, uh, Dabo said that they're without 17 scholarship athletes due to injury. He called it the craziest thing he's ever seen in college football, like last season, what didn't exist. Um, I mean, and they've got another running back already out for this game with COVID protocol. They had some receivers out before. This team just seems to be falling apart at a perfect time for Florida State.
1: Yeah, and and, and uh, aside from the fact that they've had injuries left and right, um, and, you know, Dabo can, Dabo can poor mouth all he wants, which is, which is just absolutely ridiculous at this point for all, with all the success <laughs> that program has had. A lot of this is created by him. Um, we saw a, some analysis earlier this week. I think it was from David Hale of ESPN um, that that compared uh, Clemson, uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, you know, all the top teams in the last decade or so. And they they all each averaged somewhere between 20 and 26 signees in those classes. Clemson was the lowest with 20 and predictably Alabama was the highest with 26. Um, when you're signing... 30 less players over a five-year scholarship period, your hit rate, if it's not, you know, significantly better, you know, 20% better than than your opposition, you're going to have – you're, you're going to struggle, and that's what he's led himself into. They've – you know, their, their injury luck over the years has finally come back and bit them. Um, I mean, look, Florida State fans have talked about, you know, how lucky Florida has been for the last 10 years – but shoot look at clemson i mean they've really they've really managed to avoid injury to to key players for or at least key players who didn't have really impressive backups for the last 10 years and that's that's now we're getting to a point where okay they've had some bad injury luck probably hadn't had the best luck on the field as far as you know bounces and all that sort of thing i haven't d- dug into the turnover stats and seen seen how the turnover luck is but what's really interesting to me is Clemson is a top 10 t- defense right now in, ter- in terms of total yards per play. They allow 4.6 yards to play are top 10 in the country, but the last three games they've allowed worse than that. They've allowed 4.8 to, to Boston college, 5.3 to Syracuse and 5.7 to Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh's a good team. Obviously you, you know, you understand that they're going to struggle against a team like that. That's playing really well. Um, but Syracuse is a really bad football team um they're you know somehow they seem to be regressing in in Dino Baber's years there and they're regressing you know Clemson's regressing throughout the year they've they've been consistently worse basically over the last six games I mean the four last four games they went worse per on yards per play each week but I mean this is not a team that's looking to be improving at all they are looking worse and worse throughout the the, the year so while they may have a pretty good defense they're not playing a very like 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 they 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 had at the beginning of the year i mean it's it's uh it's it's a pretty interesting matchup for florida state uh florida state like like you joked earlier you know either team is going to struggle to get to 10 but um I think you're going to see probably uh, 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 I'm less concerned about the matchup against the Clemson defense than I was before I really started digging into them. And, and, and then it was two or three weeks ago. I mean, you know, a, a, a tight game against Syracuse. I mean, that's what that's for the lowly Florida States of the world, not Clemson. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, Look, if I can pound my chest for a minute, I, I, a few months ago before the season. I wrote the uh, preview of Clemson, and oh, I no, John. I got, yeah, I got a, uh, I got some flack from some Clemson fans online because they're like, oh, I hope, I hope we can get bowl eligible, and here they are sitting at what four and three. Um, so I knew they were going to be vulnerable. I didn't think they'd be this vulnerable, but again, I mean, they do have a lot of kids injured. I know that. They just lost uh, Matt Bockhorst, I think, maybe their best remaining offensive lineman to an ACL tear against Pitt. Um, That one defensive tackle is phenomenal this year. Brian uh, Mm -hmm. Brise, I think, he tours ACL in September. So they have lost a lot of talent up front. Um, But what I think is really shocking – and we knew knew for the last couple years that their offensive line recruiting wasn't really where it should have been for an elite program. I know – I mean, you go from Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence to transcendent quarterback talents – um, getting three in a row with DJ Uyungle was, was highly unlikely to begin with, but we all thought it was going to be an obvious conclusion. Cause you know, why wouldn't it be? Um, and it, he's been anything but that, but uh, the offensive line has absolutely collapsed for them. You know, you lose Travis ETN, you still have the five-star Will Shipley. He still looks good, but he's been hurt off and on for most of this year. So I think for me, what's really kind of surprised me um, is one, the fact that, that DJ has been as bad as he's been. Um, it looks like he can't see the field at all. A um, wildly overthrows, misses, misses his passes and things like that. Uh, misses open receivers all the time. Um, but it, that I, because I, when I went back and I when I for, uh, wrote that preview, I went back and watched some of the games with him last year. He played against Notre Dame and all, and his stats were all were very good but you could tell that they were either protecting both him and that offensive line. A lot of the passes were just real quick, easy uh, things out in the flats, outside the numbers, you know, away from the middle of the field, away from coverages. Um, Everything was one, two, three ball out. You know, you you didn't ask that offensive line to to pass block or anything like that. Uh, But I guess what's really been surprising for me is the poor wide receiver play for Clemson. You know, they've, we, going back all the way to Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams. It's been one guy after another, after another elite NFL, first round talent guys, My whole fantasy that, team. right? Yeah. <laughs> and that, that, those guys haven't been there. I know they were supposed to get Justin Ross back this year. I think they did for a little bit. Uh, I know they had the, the nada kid, um, but they, they really haven't been there. I was watching the pit game. They had a bunch of drops, I think three, four five drops, something like that. So it's not just one position. Um, Obviously, obviously, DJ's got issues, and he's really limiting what that offense can do. But it's the offensive line, it's the receivers, it's quarterback, it's you know the running back positions all hurt and banged up. So, I, yeah, I, again, what was it that they haven't scored? I think more than nineteen points against any power five team this year. So, I, can they score more than nineteen against Florida State? Maybe, but they haven't done anything like that at power five this year.
1: Yeah, and I think yeah, one and, thing to really note is that. You know they've seen their, a lot of their receivers go down. Um, like you said, they were they were expecting it. To get Justin Ross back. They lost the, the, he he's he had that really really rough injury last year. Um, uh, Joseph Joseph Ngata's out. Um, they also lost Frank Gladson, who's a five star dude. That I mean, I really wanted him out of high school, but um, they their offensive line. You know it the the. The points belie their their quality. They're not as bad as the rest of the team makes them look, in my opinion. If you, if you actually look at, like, the football outsiders' offensive line stats, uh, where do you think they would be in relation to Florida or Florida State? Mm, what are
0: well, their uh, – Brian, I'm interested in what you'd say. I think there's, what, 60, 65 Power 5 teams? I'd say they'd be – I don't well, the, the, see, I feel like it's 40th? a good
2: question because I want to guess they'll be at the bottom, towards the bottom. But, yeah, I mean, I would, I mean, coming into the year, I would have uh, guessed they'd be in the top 12-ish. With their performance, I'd have to guess maybe in, yeah, 30, late 30s, 40-something.
0: See, for me, coming into the season, I thought they'd be maybe the fourth best offensive line in the ACC, somewhere around there. They really look like they're, I don't know, one of the three worst.
1: What's interesting is the stats don't really point that sort of picture. Um, they're actually uh, they're actually considered the best in the ACC overall. Um, their their stats shake out better than Florida State's in pretty much every category except for opportunity rate and passing down line yards, which the FSU is sort of backwards. You'd expect them to be better on standard downs than passing downs, but they're actually better on passing downs. And they're one of the top five stuff rate offensive lines in the country, which means they don't get stuffed. they like, they don't, they don't lose. There's not a lot of negative plays, which is critical for, for a college football team. So, you know, they, they, they are a, a considerably better power success running team, which means getting those third and third and one or third and two or fourth and one, fourth and two type type uh, plays than than Florida or for Florida state, who's a bottom 10 in those believe it or not um i think that that has a function of us going for it more in those those uh those opportunities but they're uh, they're probably not that dissimilar to florida state in terms of quality of offensive line play um at least running the ball i think the problem is just like just like jordan black uh uh, uh, jordan uh james blackman a couple years ago last year, I guess, two years ago. Anyway, I don't want to remember those years. (laughs) Uh, But just like Blackman with FSU's offensive line, it wasn't as bad as he made them look. And, uh, I mean, DJ is – he's in the pocket. He's a lot less adept and aware than, of course, the two first-round picks ahead of him. Um, But he he just – he seems to be able to take more sacks than – than uh than a, an average good quarterback uh, than a good college quarterback would you know he he last year he threw for 10 yards an attempt against uh a 10 yards and attempt two touchdowns and like 400 plus yards against Notre Dame in a thrilling thrilling game that they ended up losing but um uh, for whatever reason he never built on that performance I mean he hasn't been over seven yards an attempt this year but like once or twice and never over seven and a half I mean he is not what we were expecting. I expected to see, like, a good college quarterback. Didn't expect to see, you know, the same level as Trevor uh, or, or, um, or or Deshaun Watson or even Taj Boyd necessarily. But this is not what I expected. And, you know, sure, he's lost some receivers. Sure, they've lost – now they're leading rusher, um, and they've lost some offensive linemen. But he uh, – all those units – are combining to make the offensive line look worse. And I think DJ is a huge factor in that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I, well, it leads me to uh, Trent Dilfer made some recent comments about how uh, he accused Clemson of having poor quarterback development where both Lawrence and uh, Uyungle have, have regressed is basically what he, what he said. And uh, Clemson's offense coordinator, um, uh, Tony Elliott, right, had to come out the other day and he had to respond to it. Um, but so – I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but yeah, he, I mean, he definitely doesn't look even as close as what he put on the field last year. Um, and the last year, like we, you kind of said about Purdy, he looked like a young quarterback, you know um, and things like that. But I don't know. There's what we see from this offense this year. They're one of the worst in the, in the country. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I am a little surprised, but kind of not surprised about the, the, offensive line stats that you you cited one, because they can run the ball um, a little bit. I know they need to run DJ more. Uh, I think they'd be more successful as an offense doing that. Uh, I know Shipley's still a good player when he's healthy. Um, And this is the other thing that I saw too. I think it was David Hill also. He had said that Florida State's been bad at defending running quarterbacks this year, or I think four of the top six running quarterbacks in the power five are all Florida State opponents. You know, you had, um, uh, I know Louisville's on there, Malik Cunningham, um, a bunch of other guys. So, you know, I don't know. what. De- I think Florida some of them is- are
2: future, were future opponents, like uh, Emory Jones is in the list. Oh, know? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He was one well Florida. So uh, some of them, Florida State's already faced. Some of them they haven't. I-, I don't know what we can get into it. I don't know what Florida State's defensive plan- game plan is going to be because you almost have to keep them under 20 points, right? I mean, you can't be the only team. You don't want to be the only team to give up more than 20 points to Clemson especially with an off you know if their defense is playing well if they sell out to stop the run maybe try to force travis to beat them through the air then you kind of get into you know can travis hit some of those deep shots enough at a consistent you know basis in order to to move the ball because if you're asking this four state offense to score 27 points against the fourth best defense in the country you're starting to get into you know anyway what do you think Juan?
1: I think, uh, I think you make a really good point, Um, but I want to, I want to focus one last thing about, um, about Clemson and their offense real quick. I mean, they're ranked 74th in on offense per FEI. I mean, they are a poor offense. I mean, they are, they are down with East Carolina and Florida and FAU, not FSU, FAU or FIU. They are, you know, a shadow of what they've been on offense Um, and I think, you know, the matchup, they, they really, you know, I think it favors Florida state, but the one thing I want to mention about DJ and you mentioned that he hasn't run much. And I, I think there's a big factor there that he may not want to run, or they may not want to run him. It has a lot of early career EJ or well later career, rather EJ manual vibes. I mean, at this point, DJ is a poor man's EJ. I mean, I think I said that in the, uh, in, in the Mm -hmm. Slack chat at some point this week, but I mean, he's, he's basically proving to be that. I mean, he's skittish in the pocket. He, he, his ball placement is sometimes downright awful. Um, and he's just not, you know, he's, he's not what we were expecting out of a five-star type guy. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it's it's a place where Florida State can if they can take advantage on the offensive side of the ball, and and maybe get a little bit of help with some turnovers and third downs. Um, I'm happy this is not a night game and that that they're coming off of a few rough games. So You're not going to have a typical night 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 game Death Valley type crowd. It's going to be a 3:30 crowd. So um, I know that's soft factors, but it's it does make a difference. You know, I mean, I I, I was in. I was in Death Valley for the 2013 game where Jameis blew him out 51-7, um, and they they were they were louder than as louder as anywhere I've ever been until like the second play from scrimmage or whatever it was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, not to keep harping on their on their offense, but I, I did have the same just total offense. Looking specifically at games versus Power Five teams um, out of the Power Five. So basically, a Power Five team versus Power Five team. There, uh, here's just the bottom ten uh, below 200 three hundred yards a game. Illinois, which we just watched them pillow fight with Penn State, <laughs> Rutgers, Iowa, Clemson, UMass is right here. By the way, they're obviously they're not a Power Five team, but UMass is like twenty five yards less a game than them. Vandy, Indiana and Colorado they're the fourth worst FBS on FBS in yardage per game I guess is is the way to go there and and I I know this is all just to say that obviously Florida State's gonna have to score to end up winning this game it's not like they're gonna come out and throw up a zero unless I just jinxed them I might have it um but thanks Brian as we talked about Mm -hmm. yeah you're welcome (laughs) but as as much as we've 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 hit on maybe, you know, Clemson slide back. They are still a 10 point favorite in the game. And, and, you know, we talked about a little bit earlier that, that ESPN's football power index has them at a, uh, I just refreshed it 85.2% chance to win the game. So they are still expected to win and and by more than a score. But I, I just, I mean, I was really surprised by the line the amount of trust that seems to be in Clemson at this point, I mean, their only win by more than one score was against South Carolina State. They've got a six-point win over Georgia Tech, a six-point win over Boston College, and a three-point win over Syracuse. Just none of that screams to me that Florida State is a – that is worse than any of those teams. Obviously, they beat Syracuse already, but I'm not trying to do transitive property because that gets messy. But I just don't see how this is – a 10 point game i just i am struggling to see where they where they come in with that um i, I just i just don't know if, I, if what I what i'm missing here is this a is this a, a history thing i just don't see it
0: well i'm not really sure it's a i mean in my opinion is i don't think it's a great matchup for florida state's offense i still think yeah. clempton's very good up front uh i mean Flo- you know it, this is how florida state and norvell's teams go right they'll they'll like what Juan said, they don't really get stuffed. I mean, they may, you know, they get a yard, maybe two yards. They don't really get a negative one, negative one, but they'll go one yard, two yards, one yard, three yards, and then they'll pop off a big run, you know? And I'm not sure with Clemson, even though they lost a couple of guys in the defensive front, are they still good enough to uh, limit Florida state's explosive runs? Because that's the majority of how they move the ball and score their points. And, and then again, if you're doing that, how, what, how does that affect Travis or the passing game? Um, I just, I don't know. I, I could definitely see a situation where maybe Clemson only scores 17 points, but maybe Florida State can't even get to, to 12 or 13 or something. So, uh, yeah, tw- 10 points, I'll be honest, kind of, kind of, um, it was a little bit surprising to me, I guess. But honestly, I I can easily see Florida State losing this game. What about you, Juan?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt he's there. Clemson still has plenty of talent on the field and, you know, the, the, the other factor here is you know I, I brought up that that D, that DJ may not want to run one notable game where EJ Manuel did run was the 2012 Clemson game um, and where he ran quite a bit and was very effective in doing so so you you know you, you can't I, I hate the old throw the records out of the window thing but I mean <laughs> sure that the Clemson's flagging a little bit but I'd, I'd expect them to have a better game, you know, as far as mental, as far as preparation and everything goes going into the week against Florida state than I would against Syracuse where they let, laid an egg, obviously. So, I mean, 10 point favorites. I, um, you know, that that implies roughly a, a little bit less than a touchdown favorite. So between three and seven points on a neutral site, I can see that. Um, I think that's not really an unfair line. Uh, they're, there, I expected it to be somewhere around there. I think when we had talked about it before the line came out,
2: yeah. I just, I, I mean, I, I do the, the pick article every week, obviously. And I just, I felt like I kept doing week by week. Every week, I look at the line and go, Man, Clemson only, only 13 and a half against Boston College. That's crazy. I know they've been bad, but this one, there, this week, they've got to figure it out. Only." Nine and a half against NC state. Well, this has got to be the week. I mean, they'll figure it out I, only whatever. And every week I found myself just, I'm like, what, why do I keep doing this that I just keep assuming they're going to be better. Um, it, do you guys have anything more you want to talk specifically on this game? Cause I do have a broader question that I wanted to go to John, you got something there?
0: No, I was going to ask you, I, I can't remember if Clemson, are they three and two in one score games this year? So I think they, um,
2: are. I can grab it real quick. I got it right here.
0: Um, I mean, I hope so. Cause maybe that means, you know, Florida state wins by one score game. I'll take that all day, <laughs> uh, make them three and three, uh, you know, they're supposed to average out over time. So I mean, hopefully maybe we get lucky like that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I still think Clemson's defense is good. Well, you know, here's the thing. I like Kenny Pickett's a good player. That pit game was, was a lot of fun to watch, but he, I was surprised at how well he threw against Clemson and we, it's just not Florida state's offense. It's not Jordan Travis's game. Um, so yeah, I have concerns about this game. I'm not really sure. I don't. I don't think Florida State's going to win. But look, if you're competitive with Clemson, if you had said that before the season started, you know, say it ends up being a yeah. uh, one, one score game, I would have told you before the season, oh, I'd absolutely take that in the heartbeat. Um, it shows that that you know Florida State and Clemson are much closer than you know what they were when Trevor Lawrence was there. So uh, yeah, that's that's where, where my head's at.
2: Well, that's I think a perfect where I was headed with this question. I understand, and, and I hope our you know, the audience understands it as well, Florida State still needs that base of talent to be back where they want to be. But when you see Clemson with what we talked about, the, the overwhelming lack of numbers in the recruiting class, Davo bringing in a, a, a legitimate zero in the transfer market, not even, hey, the guys didn't hit, ain't bringing in anybody when you look at the other quote-unquote supposed powers in here and i mean you've got wake pacing the conference you've got nc state Pitt, um miami appears to be on a collision course with the coaching change down there how do you expect does, does this disastrous season from the acc overall Change how you expect the the next few years to go for, for Florida State? Does it make you expect it sooner? Do you think this helps them just because their competitors here aren't as strong? Or does it overall the ACC and kind of an issue that might hurt them long term?
1: Depends if you win. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, you know, a win over Clemson doesn't, won't mean as much as it, it would have before the season started, but. You know, it's it's tangible progress that you can sell to the recruits. Um, there's certainly that aspect of it. Uh, you know, you you've struggled against rivals uh, in in Mike's brief tenure and awful during Willie's tenure, um, and even Jim at the end of Jimbo's couple of years. But um, I think it's critical to to pick up a, a, a win or two against the three rivals, and unexpectedly, Clemson may be the the, the, maybe the second best opportunity
0: yeah um i guess for me um I'm trying to think I,
2: well let I me, mean, let me yeah. ask it this way so so when you look at your schedule every week every year right obviously you're going to have your you're out of conference with florida i don't know what in the world to describe whatever the hell is going on with florida right now where i assume todd grantham's gone at the end of the season I, I, I'm trying to remember which of the, I think it was one of the Yahoo guys who was like, I mean, what's going on with Dan Mullen? Is he safe? I don't think Dan Mullen is anywhere near getting out the door. But when you look at, at what your schedule is going to be every year, I don't see that. Like for, for me with LSU, every year I looked up at the schedule and I saw Alabama on there and go, if we're not up to them, we can't, right? I mean, what's the season we're playing for, maybe the sugar bowl at best. And I think if, if Clemson, isn't going to be Alabama level replacement dynasty of all time, which is probably an unfair margin that (laughs) opens up more of an ability to find six, seven, maybe, maybe a little quicker than before, if that makes sense.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, they, they they've obviously lived pretty well in terms of recruiting in both Georgia and Florida um, sure. So that's that's one big factor that's gonna that uh, a Clemson downfall would certainly help with, and, and uh, just as much as Florida or Miami, um, you know, I mean they've they've uh, they've been at the top of the mountain since you know 2015 roughly or 2014 15 that general area. Um, yeah. I think 2014. Well, 2014 FSU went to the playoff, but in and was undefeated, but in 2015 since then you know Clemson has paced the ACC and uh, sure it looks bad for the conference to not have a a banner team but you know i mean i'd rather not have a bat- banner team and then you know have your rival um yeah. be that team uh i mean it'd be one thing if it was for example virginia tech who you're going to play once every 3 to 6 years depending on how the ACC wants to screw it up um <laughs> but you know they, they 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 are a they are a big program and you it's sort of like Florida and Miami. You don't want them to be great, but you want them to be just good enough that they're that, that beating them means something,
0: right? Um, I guess you know, it's, I it's more time wild before. that we're having
1: this conversation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it is. Uh, I, I had a little more time to think about your question. Now, so I guess I mean before the season, or even going last season, you know, Trevor Lawrence is still there at Clemson. So Clemson would be the flagship, right? They're they're the benchmark um, for sure. I I said FSU was uh, for years away because i i anticipated that they come down to earth just a little bit after lawrence um i did not expect them to come to earth as quickly or as hard as they have this year uh but like i told the clemson guy from uh doing the q a little preview i answered one of his questions today on the um because he had asked something similar and uh you know short and long term but you know can Florida State win this year and then how how quickly can they you know win the acc right uh beat clemson out for that so i um I told him like, you know, it's one thing to come back to earth, you know, like, like Icarus, it's another thing to still be climbing out of the deep hole that Florida state is in. Uh, the two right. very different places, even though it appears that there are some similarities between the program right now, they're still in very, very different places. So I thought it would be four years before Clemson got to a level again, assuming Clemson somewhat came down to earth. They've come down much further, much faster than I thought. Uh, so I, I give it you don't know what Clemson's going to be next year. You know, if they're going to fix anything or get a, a, another guy, I know Dabo said he didn't like transfers because of his quote, unquote, his culture that was super important to him there that he, that he wanted to build. Uh, but like Juan head had said, it kind of bit, bit them in the ass. And um, now I'd say two years, uh, not to win the ACC, but two years maybe, you know, if Clemson can't bounce back quickly, which they, they could, they have the talent to do that. But let's say they don't, let's say that they start to have these struggles. Um, kind of systemic from year to year, then yeah, maybe two years you're talking about beating Clemson. Does that win you the ACC? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of other good programs out there. Right now, like NC State seems to be pretty solid. Wake, obviously, I mean, they come up and down. Uh, you know, Louisville comes up and down. So, I don't know. I it, it accelerated my timeline a little bit, but as with any of these kinds of questions, no one really knows. I just kind of enjoy yeah. the ride.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I prefaced it with the idea of you know, you still need a lot of talent, that, that base of talent to really be at that level. But to see the clear uh, missteps at this point from Dabo on, on, on his roster construction that could put him in a not a similar position, like you said. The difference between crashing into Earth and digging out of the hole is you still got to get back up to Earth to be on the same level.
0: Yeah, I feel like Clemson's still the benchmark, but I'm not, I'm not going to be mad that that Dabo put a footstool out for Florida State, or, or you know what I mean, or put out a yeah. ladder, or whatever. Nor- Norville still's got to make the climb out of that hole. Uh, they're just you don't have to go quite as high.
1: Good use of the climb. Keep
0: climbing, yeah. yeah. Keep climbing. Hey.
1: I mean, it's 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 yeah. It's, it's I think to be honest with you, Brian, I sort of didn't grasp the question as well as I did at first until Brian uh, until Brian until John answered it. Um, but yeah, Florida state still does have a long way to go. And we talked a little bit about, I think in the episode two or three weeks ago now about, um, just how far the roster is, you know, look, I live in Tallahassee. Florida state is, you know, a, a, a team, a, 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 a fan base that expects national championships. Um, beating Clemson is not good enough, regardless of if they're number one in the country or, you know not ranked so I mean at this stage you know you've got a long way to go they've still got out of a third out of their 13 commitments in their recruiting class they've got 10 blue chips Florida State's got six out of their 16 um you know we've got we've got a a little ways to go before you know we're 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 at the the point where we can say the programs are at similar levels but um it's it's definitely good to see that the 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 directions that either that both are going
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And and so I don't get billed as Mr. Knee jerk here. I was more posing the question. Um, for those no, listening, if you're like, oh, are you kidding me? They're not clearly not at the same level. I don't feel they're at the same level either. But I could understand a you know, a keyboard warrior out there who's looking up going, I mean, they're not much better than us. There's clearly there's clearly a a talent depth difference between the two. Um, will that make a difference on Saturday? You know, we'll find out. I mean, a ton of injuries pile up like that could obviously Change a lot. That game three thirty kickoff in Clemson. It's on ESPN.
0: I guess right. my final th- thought is uh, oh. ten. Ten <laughs> points is uh, a lot better than fifty points. I'll just put it that way. Like I seen lately.
1: <laughs> so you're saying we're going to beat them by fifty six?
0: Yes, absolutely. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I mean. Look, those Lawrence teams pounded Florida State, so I'll I'll take up ten point right now. It's again, there's there's steps to, to this. So, I agree. Be
2: competitive, right? That's the goal.
1: Right. Like we like we've been saying, you know, lose by a lot, lose by a little, win by a little, win by a lot. Hmm. Let's hope we get at least win by a little this
2: week. Get us a little closer to the. All eligibility. Like but yes a little closer to the climb again 330 espn from clemson south carolina for brian john and juan
1: that's miley cyrus saying that's a wrap (laughs) get it the climb
2: it's the climb i love that song then you can edit there perry